Diary Podcast. My name is Grasp, and I'm one of your three hosts that's bringing to you today's episode. Uh, before we start talking, I just want to give a shout-out for all the support and the feedback from the last episode. We really appreciate all the love, so thank you very much for that. So today we're going to talk about some news. Um, then we're going to dive into some PvP before we talk about our main topic, which is the Veil Guardian of Spirit Veil, the first of three Raid Wings in Guild Wars 2. Um, but before that, I have a question for you guys here tonight. Since we now have raids in Guild Wars 2, I want to take a moment to reflect on Guild Wars 1. So what was your favorite challenging group content from the first game? Trill? Um, first and foremost, Underworld. Underworld was amazing. Fisherwell was pretty hard at first, but uh, it got pretty easy. And Domain of Anguish was up there as well. Um, I don't know, I was just much more of a PvPer. I mean, I really enjoyed that Underworld style content, but... um. That's probably my favorite. Uh, hard mode books in either north. That was pretty fun. It wasn't really that difficult, but it, it was interesting. They should try to. Incorporate I mean the dungeons. Like yeah, they should definitely try to incorporate something like that into the game, like a hard mode dungeon. That's a different topic. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. how about you, Switch? Uh, well, I didn't really have much of a big guild in Guild Wars One, so any of that. Uh, more harder content that I did was just by myself. So I did a lot of underworld farming on my assassin, just farming ectos and things like that. And aside from that, I did, I did some more hardcore PVP stuff with heroes ascent and I did a ton of Alliance battles, but that wouldn't really count as difficult content. But I was, I was definitely more of a PVP or two, despite doing like all the story content and everything. But what about you, you grass? <laughs> what about me? What about you? Uh, what about you well, huh? I was the opposite, guys. I I mean, I played some PvP in Guild Wars 1, but I was definitely more PvE-oriented. Um, I mean, I was in the Speed Clear Guild for a long time. So we did Underworld, we did For Sure Woe, we did uh, Dungeons in, you know, Eye uh, the North. But I'd say my favorite was probably Domain of Anguish. I think it was just, uh, there was a little bit more interesting mechanics there. Um, also, it's worth noting that one of the new is on the Revenant, uh, Malik's Dance. He was the final boss of the Domain of Anguish. So there's oh. a little fun fact for you guys. You never yeah. played the first game. Lore bomb. <laughs> right? Boom, it just exploded on your face. <laughs> Boom. All right, well, I guess we're going to move right into some of the news. So not a lot happened this week in terms of just straight-up news. Uh, with, with the raids came the new squad UI, and... From our experiences with that, that seems pretty cool. I think it brings a lot of good features to a squad as well as, you know, you can be a bit more specific than what the party menu had before. But we found a little glitch with it where it seems like you can't add people into your squad unless they're in your, like, the same shard of your map. So that's a bit frustrating. I know when we were trying to kind of coordinate raids and trying to get everybody in the group, um, that was a bit difficult. But aside from that... They did release a uh, bug patch on the 17th. That would have been Tuesday. And that just fixed a, a lot of bugs in Maguma. And there were some glitchy spell effects. Uh, for example, Dragon's Maw was something that was fixed. And they also went and removed a lot of the visual clutter from a lot of the spells, which I'm assuming was just to help system performance and a lot of players. Mainly, it was like uh, Mesmer Wells and a lot of Dragon Hunter traps that had that done to them. And there, this patch didn't really include any buffs or nerfs or anything like that, so mostly just bug fixes and kind of helping everybody run the game better. But the big news would have been around the raids, and I mean that's what's going to be the big topic for today, so we'll talk about that more a little bit later. And sort of on the lines of raiding, 
a little kind of odd community thing that happened here. Uh, the Guild DNT, they actually, uh, about a month or so ago, or sorry, a, a month before Heart of Thorns came out, they were invited by ArenaNet to do some testing on the raids for Guild Wars 2. And I guess once the raids launched this week, after having all that experience, they went and claimed that they were world first after beating the raid in 15 minutes. And ArenaNet wasn't too happy. So I guess they removed them from raid testing. So, yeah, how yeah. do you guys feel about that? Like, what are your opinions on that? Uh, I think it's. Yeah, go ahead, Troll. I mean, they're they're very coordinated. I mean, they are pretty cool. I mean, they're not. Su- they are. They're some really good players. They're pretty cool. But um, that was kind of like, I don't know. It almost seemed just like bow down to DNT, like even when they had all that extra practice in like beta testing, cause they got to play the whole raid. They didn't get to play just the first wing. Like what we have right now, they got to clear the whole thing. They know everything about the raid. Yeah. So to say your world first, yeah, I mean, good for yeah. you. You know, I mean, you min max everything. So, I mean, obviously but... the skill from them was there to, to complete that. Cause I think they completed it in like 15 minutes or something, but I think they could have been a bit more humble and not quite as braggy about, you know. I mean, they, they had all the experience. They knew everything that was going to go on in the raid, so, but... Well, I think ArenaNet was just upset that, you know, they made post. I think they made a tweet about it, and they didn't mention anything about, you know, the fact that they had been doing raids already for a month, you know? I think yeah. it's cool to see ArenaNet kind of step in like this, you know, to really sort of save that for the community because i know a lot of people um especially in other mmos that have had rating and difficult content like this from the get-go world first have meant a lot to people and you have a guild that already knew all the fights jump in and immediately just be like yo yeah we had it sorry that's that's not really fair yeah it was interesting to see how you know arena net handled this and uh i think they did the right thing you know i do too yeah i agree all right, so now we're going to move into the sports corner here with Trill and Danny. You want to take it away here, Trill? Hello, fam. We are the sports center of Guild Wars 2 for the Durban Diary. And also, uh, as we had last week, Danny, or Imprezer, uh, join us. He is going to joining us pretty much every week talking about some PvP stuff. So it's going to be pretty awesome having him on here. Glad to have you on here, Danny. How's it going, guys? Got uh, Impreza here coming to you live from Canada. Shout We're out doing to my boys. Always oh, live. So, Danny, how about you go ahead and start off on the big topic of PvP this past week? So, as you guys know, this week we had the qualifiers for the top eight uh, ESL Pro League uh, in oh. both EU and North America. Uh, pretty intense stuff. Um, if you guys got a chance to watch it, there were some good matchups. Uh, EU was quite significant uh, with their matchups there. Almost every team that won won by two nothing on like the games were best two out of three. Uh, so that was interesting. Where North America seemed to be a lot more close matched. A lot of the games were two, or a lot of the uh, matches were two out of three. Or uh, sorry, two two to one. Uh, I think only actually one matchup went uh, two nothing, and that was uh, against a very good team that's been competing for a while now. Uh, Spooky. Uh, so, yeah, some good stuff there. I don't know uh, what's your opinion on what happened, Trill. 
I thought it was really good games. I thought everyone played well. Um, I'm kind of biased because, you know, for ASAP Zerg, you know, our good friend John plays on there, so obviously rooting for them. Um, and also an old guild member of mine, uh, Schnicky, who actually, when he first started playing the game, was in the guild. And uh, he's on Spooky. And uh, was cheering pretty hard for them. And they they played extremely well. I paid more attention to that game than a lot of the others due to some other schoolwork and stuff. But uh, I thought, I watched more of the EU as well. And those guys were, are just insane. I mean, their rotations are on point. Their spikes are on point. It's awesome to see that. You know, just how much coordination they have. Yeah, well, when you look at the difference between EU and North America, um, it's almost like a, a different meta. Uh, it really not is. Many, not many people in EU, or sorry, North America, I've noticed, are running classes like Druid. Um, but outside of not just like... I, I know Aesop Zerg, for example, run the Druid, but they're running a full cleric healing, where you look at you, a lot of these guys are running a Selly, uh damage kind of brute, like running around Roamer, class for their druid so that's something yeah. new um you see i guess in both both na and europe you see a lot of uh revenants coming out but i mean just the style of play just the style of rotations and and the pressure and the kind of classic bunk system it's 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 a completely different gameplay which is pretty neat uh especially when you start watching the wts and when you get to watch the like the the titans of jordan orange logo fight Fight it out it's, and just yeah. duke it out. It's it's crazy. I mean, it's the two different play styles. Yeah, which is which is really cool to see. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's definitely something to look for. <clears throat> What's coming up here soon? Isn't there um another tournament for pro leagues comes out? Yeah. So the top teams next week will start. Uh, uh, the season starts, and I'm I'm actually not ex- like a hundred percent sure on how, how everything works yet. I haven't gotten that. Uh, gotten a chance to look yet, but from under, I'm under the. I have an understanding that it works in a point system. Um, and there's some pretty pretty big cash prizes to be won. If I'm not mistaken, the first place team uh, gets a ten thousand dollars between wow. the team, which is quite uh, it's good. And for like, if you're in the top eight, you've already automatically won money. So if you finish in eighth place, that's still five hundred dollars. Yeah, five hundred. I think I think it might be 500 per person, but don't quote me on that. Um, but yeah, it's so so all of these guys uh, are definitely like I mean it, I, I guess the coolest part about it is these guys like if you're in this top eight, you are esports like you are a professional e-sports. Guild Wars two yeah you are a professional Guild Wars two player so that's that's definitely something exciting because before really I mean the big teams that anyone ever really considered big esports was in my opinion anyone that made it to the WTS. Uh, so now some players got some more recognition, and there are some really good players that made some great teams, and like some players that honestly maybe deserve to be in the pro league, but their teams didn't show up or uh, they couldn't get the rotations down or whatever. But it's definitely it's going to be exciting, and I'm 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 personally I'm really looking forward to it. Now the there's four teams that I guess just from NA that are already set for pro leagues, correct? Yep. That is. Abjured, the Dankening, Apex, and Team Faded, yeah, I believe. Team Faded, yeah. Yeah, that's gonna I'm that's gonna be really cool to see uh see how they play against these other teams that are coming up. Yeah, yeah. Uh which is pretty cool. Uh, I personally am excited to see what the Dankening has in store. Um in Boston they made 
they were the other North American team that made the WTS, and after that they broke up. Um, huh. Now that now they get a spot back because or they get an automatic spot in the top eight because they were in a WTS. Um, so I know, for example, some of the I know I've I've seen Urantian on. He was their ranger, um, and another guy uh, his name is Zeus. He was playing actually, but for a different team. Um, I, I think he was. Uh, uh, zero counterplay, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could, I think that's his team. But uh, yeah, so that's interesting. So I know that's two big players that the Dankening don't have now. Um, mm. So it'll be, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see who they, who they get, and how that team works. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you got, you got eight teams in total. The four teams that we just mentioned, and the other teams that are in our, our winners on Monday. We've got Team PZ, Uki. Zero counterplay and easy peasy lemon squeezy. So eight great teams. Um, I, like I said, I, I'm I'm really excited to see what happens next week. <clears throat> yeah. One last thing though. Big shout out to ArenaNet for generating all their own money for the prizes. They are the ones that got this whole four hundred thousand dollars ready for rewards to the top PVPers, which is awesome. Yeah, for everything impressive. they're doing now. It's super yeah. impressive. I mean, no no sponsors giving them any money or anything. I mean, it's... Congratulations, Arena. You guys are really making esports a real thing in Guild Wars 2, and it's really happy to see that, so... Yeah, and, I, and I'm glad to see it because, honestly, like, I've played, I've played a fair bit of MMOs, and the PvP system in this game, it, it's, it's amazing. Like, the mechanics of yeah. the gameplay. Like, I mean, it, it's a fantasy MMO, but they're still realistic... Uh, aspects of the game like if you're a range class like their positioning is a thing and i mean you can put like if you're structured well you can keep guys off of your your dpsers or your range like your rangers or whatever it is i, I don't know like it's it's hard to explain but it, it's a really neat kind of system that they have set up it's very dynamic the dodging system is amazing uh it adds a lot of skill play to the game i mean if you're just out there random dodging things just like <laughs> you're gonna yeah. you're gonna get left in the dust especially at a higher a higher uh, level of of gameplay as, uh, like that uh, force will bring out. So yeah, no, great job, Arena. I, honestly, I mean, you guys did a, you made the right step. <clears throat> All right, let's go ahead and move into our main topic with the raids tonight. We had a we had a good time doing it. That's for sure. I'm just gonna start out saying that it was awesome. Yeah, it was it was tough. <laughs> We Man, that, that was easy. I sold that <laughs> first time. Oh, yeah, you no did way. it. 15 minutes. No way. Actually, all four of us raided, so because Danny was in our raid group, we're actually going to keep him on uh, for a little bit of insight on, on the ratings as well. But, yeah, raiding was really, really hard. I mean, we we were in the raid for about two and a half hours, and unsuccessfully, uh, I mean, we, we couldn't kill the first boss. It was It was a good challenge. Um, definitely different than anything else I've experienced in this game. Nothing like it, in my opinion. Just the coordination that we all needed and sort of learning the mechanics as the fight was going. I mean, you know, there wasn't any stacking, stacking straight Zerkers. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, it was definitely difficult, but man, I had a blast. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, let's let's start by talking like where's where's it at? You know, where's where's the raid located? Well, it's in Verdant Brink. Um, there's actually a little bit of controversy with that too, because um, I I noticed on Reddit that people were saying that 
it was having some issues. Everybody, I guess, was sort of camping out in front of the door and that was filling the maps up. So, you know, people that were actually in Verdant Brink trying to do the meta events, they couldn't do it because they couldn't get into the uh, into the maps. But I think that'll sort of fade away as the raids, you know, as people sort of cool their jets <clears throat> on the raids coming out. I don't, I don't see people like stacking on the raid door for the rest of Guild Wars 2, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so you're saying like basically the people who were trying to do the meta, like the commanders and stuff, like they were having problems because the maps were filling up from people who were trying to do raids? Yeah, I mean, I I ran to the door. I was on a round when they, they launched the patch, and I went to the door, and there was probably like 50 people standing there. Jeez. Yeah. yeah I, so, I, don't know if, I don't know if this makes sense, but um, <clears throat> I, I'm wondering if it would be a good idea for them to implement uh, a lobby. So... You, I mean, you go to your map and you you enter the portal. That brings you to a lobby where everyone can just like a little like a, a, a little map for everyone to stand in. If you are waiting to get into a raid or you're looking, you're a pug and you're looking to get into a raid or whatever. Instead of standing out in that doorway and populating the maps like you were saying and giving making it tough for the meta events to go down, I, I feel like that might be a good idea. I don't, I don't know if they do something similar like that for uh, um, the fractals or not, but yeah. I, I, saw, I just I saw that in the forum today. And I mean, to me, that makes the most sense. I don't know why they wouldn't implement it, especially if they already have that in the game. That just makes sense to me. Yeah, that's an interesting idea for sure. I mean, they yeah. could just add a waypoint there too, so you could easily access that from anywhere in the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it'll definitely be something they're going to have to address if, I mean, this if this keeps happening, you know what I mean? But hopefully, hopefully it'll just sort of phase itself out. Like I said, everybody was just kind of huddling around. Eventually, I think once the group finding moves towards LFG, because that's what a lot of those people were doing. You know, there were a lot of pugs, and they were standing there just spamming, you know, looking for group, looking for group. I need, I need an raid group. All this stuff. So, yeah, and it was pretty interesting that they didn't add a, a separate tab for raid. Like they have open world content and dungeons and fractals, yeah. but there wasn't a raid, so that was kind <laughs> of surprising. Well. In the squad UI itself, you, you can't really invite someone right into the squad UI. It has to be invited to a party through the LFG. So they're going to have to change that as well. But the squad yeah. UI is sick. I mean, yeah, it's huge pretty cool. upgrade from Beta Weekend 3. Like, the squad UI is awesome. Great job, team, doing that. Big shout-out to Brandon G for working on that. Everyone should know him from Guild Chat. You're the man. But, yeah, I mean, I, I do really like the idea of the lobby. Because Verdant Brink lags me out pretty hard out of all the maps of Heart of Thorns. And it just kind of drives me crazy. So, for the, like, requirements for the raid, um, like, I know there's some matcheries involved. Um, what do you guys know about that? Isn't it just uh, mainly gliding? Yeah, you need your gliding. Um... Up, I, apparently, updraft has, was needed too. It is. It is for the, I believe, the second <laughs> boss. Yeah, we didn't get that far yesterday, but yeah, I, I heard about that. And then, other than that, I didn't hear about any of the masteries. So, I'm assuming with the new, once they bring out the other two paths, I'm assuming you're going to need more mastery, <clears throat> which is kind of, it, it, it's good in a sense because the uh, hardcore PVEers wanted hardcore content. So, I mean, it makes sense that they do that, make people grind out the masteries. Uh, whether or not you're someone like me who doesn't really like PvE that much, or didn't anyways, make me do it because it's, it's going to make me a better player in the end. So that's good that they did that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they also have a raid mastery now, one that's specific to that. And then once you kill the uh, boss, it'll unlock it for you, which is yeah. super cool. 
Yeah, and I believe that is the um for the rifts. I don't know if you guys yeah, noticed yeah, the lay rift the at the beginning. Rift. You can travel between those. Yeah. <laughs> that that's pretty big. I'm I'm guessing that's I mean, I don't really know too much about it. But I'm just gonna assume that it'll take you to like the starting point of the next boss, maybe. Well, I think um, the or reason they the implemented it from watching videos is um, so if you start dying and stuff, right? And you need to repair your armor. Located at the beginning, so you can travel through the rifts and go to the beginning oh, and you repair cool, your armor cool. and travel back. From what that I actually makes sense because I was wondering yeah. why there wasn't a waypoint at the beginning. I thought it was really tedious. It's like, man, I got to repair. I guess I better jump off this ledge or, or run back. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. Instead of a waypoint, it's nice seeing a new, a new just a new system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's let's sort of go into details. Um, like like we said, you know, we only got the first boss. We didn't get much further, but let's kind of go more in depth on on what that was all about. Yeah. Okay. So. We had there's the Veil Guardian, obviously. Um, he's kind of like a combination of three different bosses. Um, so when you first go into the raid, you're gonna you battle each one of these bosses like so, uh, individually, and they each have a unique mechanic. So, like for example, there's the green circle, and that was for uh, was it the blue boss? Yeah. 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 So like uh, like you want to explain that? Yeah. So the the blue the blue guardian would drop these green circles on the ground, and what would happen is unless you had four players or more stand in the circle, then it would release this huge massive like raid wide AOE that would pretty much down you. I don't I don't think anyone in our raid actually like survived a hit a hit from that, but yeah. So that was kind of inter- interesting mechanic that would happen every nine seconds. Um, and some interesting facts about that circle that we found out was downed players don't count in the circle. So if you're counting on one of your fourth people to be, you know, in there and they're they're down, you better get them up quick. I guess in the beta, minions counted, and I think ArenaNet fixed that. And the green circles also only appear in the areas that the Veil Guardian is in. So what we were doing at least was we were only fighting in a third of the map at a time. So that way, you know, the Veil Guardian wouldn't be dropping circles really far away, so that way people couldn't run to it. But Why don't we explain that? Like, So there's like three sections of the platform that you fight the boss on? Yeah, and each, each yeah. kind of associates with the separate Guardian. So you have the blue, the red, and the green Guardian. And that really doesn't come into play until sort of the middle phase. Um, right. But yeah, so the map's pretty much broken up into three sections. And... When you start the fight, the whole map's sort of open, and we would just pick a corner. We picked the blue side, and we would we would all stack up over there and engage the fight, and then we'd fight him over there. Then once he hits about half health, he runs to the middle and he splits back into the three guardians that you killed on the way up to him. And then you have the blue, the green, and the red, and each of them is sort of different. So the blue. On the blue side, he'll still drop the circles as before. And he has a buff on occasion that you have to strip off of him. And if you don't strip that boon, he has invulnerability. So you need to have somebody over there with, with boon strip. And Yikes. he goes down pretty easily. And the red guardian is condi damage only. And the green one, I think he just throws out some massive AoE every now and again. 
Um, and also, too, when you drop the bars of each of these guardians, uh, you have to do a bunch of CC to uh, deplete their break bar in order to get the kill. So that's that's sort of an interesting mechanic. But um, uh, yeah, I'm glad that's in there. Yeah, I mean, it, it it forces you to sort of be more well-rounded and, you know, forces more specific team comps as well. Okay, and just to clarify this part that you're just talking about, um, this is like phase two, right? Yeah, phase two is the split. And I believe there's, I mean, we got to the third phase and I believe there's four or five phases total. And the third phase, what would happen, this is where those those three sections start to come into play. So what happens is, um, from our experience, it started in the blue section. Or sorry, no, not the blue section, the green section. And the yeah. floor would sort of have this effect to it, and it would deal damage if you were standing in it. So what was important at this stage of the fight was that you'd sort of tank the boss to the areas outside of that AoE. But you have to be careful, too, because you have to coordinate when a, a green circle drops. That way, you don't have to run all over the place for a circle, and then it's in a previous section, and then as the, as the section switches, because it goes clockwise. So it starts in green, and then it moves to blue, and then red, and just on and on and on. Right, so remember when we were talking about how the boss drops the green circles that you have to have four people standing in, or you're pretty much white? Yeah. Well, this this take this is pretty important here with the like what section that you're in. So like there's the three sections, and depending on what section the boss is in, that's the one where the circles will drop in. They won't drop in the other two. So right. that's why it's important at this part that you're not fighting the boss in the zone that has the uh, the lit up ground. You start taking damage over time, mm-hmm. or it's. I mean, it was kind of hard to tell. I'm pretty sure it was a damage over time. There was a lot going on when we were doing it. There was, yeah. And especially, too, there was another mechanic, blue circles that would show up, and those would teleport you to random areas on the map. Um, yeah, like, I remember when we were fighting in Phase 2 on the blue boss, um, specifically me, you, and also Imprezer. Yeah, Danny. I think it wasn't so, in there, too. Yeah, I was there as well. I and and Trill, yeah, us. all four of us. Yeah, when we were fighting for on Phase 2... There was a couple times that we got teleported away. So, like, we went into the green circle, the stand-in, so we didn't get wiped. And then we would get teleported, and we were screwed. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. <laughs> Didn't Definitely. you start bringing your well switch? Yeah, I, I would start running well with precognition. And somebody found out that whenever that portal's about to happen... Uh, what you can do is you can dodge roll. So I started bringing Well of Precognition on my Chronomancer, and what that does is that that gives evade. It, it well technically blur to everybody that's standing in it for a few seconds. But what that what that effect does is it causes you to evade all attacks, and that was allowing us to kind of all stack without having to worry about that. And plus, it was given alacrity, so that was great. Chronomancer, OP. <laughs> Danny, I thought you were going to say something. Um. Oh, I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, oh that's man. the worst. <laughs> Make me feel bad. But the, yeah, last, the last little like trick to the green circles was these red orbs. They're, they're called Seekers that sort of follow you around, and they deal heavy AoE damage. And I believe, what, there was three of them out at a time? Or was yeah, it there four? Yeah, there was three. So there was three out at a time. And the nice thing about them is you can AoE them. Or sorry, not AoE, but you can, you can sort of push them away. So Revenants were really good at this. Druids were really good at this, as well as um, me personally running Mesmer with my greatsword. I was able to push them back as well. So we'd coordinate 
circle calls and we'd be like, Oh snap, you know, there's some, there's some, uh, some of the seekers coming in and we were able to push them away. And we actually had another raid member, um, Ty, he was sort of kiting around and I guess you can grab aggro off of the seekers sort of just by attacking them and they'll start seeking out you instead. So he was doing a lot of just sort of running around the edge of the section we were in, just keeping those seekers off, which, which we found helped a lot. Yeah, another thing to note about the, the Seekers is you want to keep them off your tank. So not only do you want to keep them away from the guys standing in the, the green circles, but you also want to keep them off your tank. Which yeah. that leads into our compositions for a group. Do you want to talk about that maybe, Troll? The comps? For sure. Um, well, yeah. first, let's go over what, what we all played. <clears throat> so I played Dragon Hunter, Berserker stats. Uh, Grass, what did you play? Um, I played Revenant. Had a lot of fun. Uh, I ran, I, I had mostly Berserker. I had a little bit of combination of some things, but um, mostly Berserker, all Berserker um, trinkets. Um, but I ran Ventari and uh, Herald, so I had Glint. And, um, well, I mean, you want to maybe talk about what you did, uh, Switch, and then we can talk about, like, what we did specifically on our class? Sure. Um, I was running sort of a Zerker stats um alacrity support chronomancer so i was running three wells and i was you know dropping double time warps and just trying to keep alacrity on as many people as possible and we got danny in here too yes we do <laughs> um i was going support full heal druid i was running menstrual uh armor um nice. so basically Focusing mostly on the tank, making sure he's staying alive, um, and then teammates, I, I, I specced into a uh, fast resing trait, uh, so if anyone dropped, I made sure I was on them, because I could get them up really quick. Um, I was mainly running glyphs uh, for healing, and then just uh, damage boots, boost uh, with glyph of empowerment and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, main thing was just healing. Uh, Derek told me about 100 times his health was low, so I'd always try to spam <laughs> everything I could on him. Uh, yeah, I found that I found it was uh, quite effective when people were stacking on the green circles. Anytime we stacked on a green circle, I just spammed heals out. I mean, you basically have permanent celestial force, so it's it's a it's a neat build. Nice. Yeah, and overall, our comp was Chronomancer. Two dragon hunters, two revenants, two druids, two engineers, and a thief. And uh, we were really surprised. We had been contemplating a lot before, like as you guys know from our uh, second episode about the speculation of the good comps. <laughs> to our surprise, the Condi Venom Share Thief actually made a huge difference. And uh, yeah. I've seen some other posts on Reddit, actually, with a lot of people that have been doing that, and they've seen some great DPS increases. Yeah. And also, they can port around to the circles really quick. They just have the great mobility that's necessary. Yeah. It just was, comes natural on a thief. Yeah. I, I was kind of surprised. I mean, at least for this fight, it seemed like Thief thief is pretty good. And even the Thief that we had with us, um, she wasn't really going down that quick either. So she must have either been good on the evades or, or Danny must have been doing his job, but <laughs> it, it did a lot. Yeah. Well, and, sorry. go ahead. No, go ahead, Grass. You're good. I was just going to say, like, what did you guys find, um, like, useful in your class? Like, what did you run that, like, provided, like, you know, like, for example, I was using my Ventari tablet a lot for the AoE knockbacks on the uh, Seekers. 
and that was nice because I could move my tablet using uh, Ventari's will to like wherever I wanted, and then I could just hit the uh, the elite skill. It's um, energy explosion, and that just does a uh, like a two forty radius uh, four fifty knockback. That was nice. Yeah, I was using something similar. I used the uh, the glyph of tides, which is also an AOE knockback on twenty five second cooldown. Uh, so that's pretty sweet. Um, so yeah, I was using that in the Seeker too, since I was one of the guys that was getting onto the, uh, the circles. Uh, but it was nice because if someone else had a CC cooldown, then I'd use mine. If mine was on cooldown, someone else would use it. So we coordinated that pretty well. And then I'd say that the other big turning skill I had was Glyph of Alignment. Um, in Celestial form, with my stats, I was getting like like 6, 7k heals out AoE to 5 people. And then, I mean, Jeez. it was just crazy. Yeah. So, That's I mean, nuts. Yeah, and, and again, that's that's a twenty second cooldown. So that's that's some big team healing coming out with low cooldown. So uh, yeah. one thing I noticed was a lot of alacrity there, and yeah. uh, my guess is that was switch. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I was my build was focused on it. I figured, I mean, I guess I could have run other utilities. I'm not really sure offhand. Like maybe maybe more uh, clones just to get more shatters off. But I felt that me just dropping a bunch of wells, giving people alacrity, um, did a much better job at our, our overall DPS. Yeah, I mean, being the other Guardian, well, at the very end, the Guardian was our tank, but during the time that we had another Dragon Hunter, really, I was trying to synergize with her, and she was running more, like, support with some traps, and I was running basically full traps with uh, the power signet, I can't even think about what it's called right now. Brand new to Guardian, guys, sorry. But, uh, <laughs> I, um, the traps seem to work really well on the, uh, on the Guardian, especially whenever it's split to the second phase and we just had to pretty much, uh, train down just the one target, the one Guardian. Um, and also the Dragon's Maw helped a lot with the CC. The break bars, oh, yeah. as well as Spear Justice. But, I mean, the other Garden also had, um... Wow, what is that shout that gives quickness and... Feel My Wrath. Yes, that is it. They were running that. And I think the, the Signet you're talking about was the Signet, I think. It's Bane been a while signet? since I played Guardian. I Bane wanna Signet, s- yeah. I want to say it is, too. But I... Wow. I'm I'm drawing a blank. GG. <laughs> GG Life. <laughs> It happens, man. <laughs> EG score. Yeah, Bane, Bane Signet is the DPS uh, Signet for Dragon uh, Hunter, so that's a, that's a, always good to have in PvE. Yeah, for sure. So we actually... Yeah, more power. Uh, somebody posted up on Reddit, um, they were taking some stats from known groups that were actually able to down the Veil Guardian, and I actually have the average composition here, and I'll, I'll read it off, and let's let's kind of talk about like how close we were and sort of what we think about it. So they were running one warrior, one elementalist, two engineers, um, one necromancer, two revenants, one mesmer, one ranger, and one guardian. That was sort of the average team composition to get veil guardian kills. Yeah, me and Danny were talking some this morning, and really it's, you really just need one tank, one like all out support and the rest just like a mix like two or three dedicated conduits and the rest DPS. Kind of like what we were just talking about maybe an hour or two ago. Um I mean that's really right before the podcast. Yeah. I yeah. mean yeah, people that's... people were running that in the be- in the beta from what I saw. 
Like it was exactly what Trill said. One tank, one healer, three condies, and everyone else just raw, just balls to the wall DPS. Yeah. yeah. I think that's something we're going to have to fix for our group. We're definitely going to have to up our DPS. Yeah, we had a little bit too much support coming out. It's such yeah. a weird problem to have in an MMO. Everyone's well, usually running straight DPS. It, well, it's, it was almost weird because I, I think the reason why is because um, Arena Net really emphasized that the uh, Berserker meta was going to be no more. It wasn't going to be a thing anymore. So I think a lot of people were expecting that we're going to need more support. You're going to need two tanks, like one to be a main tank and one to be a back tank. And then maybe you know one or two healers and stuff like that, and it ended up it's 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 still not like that. And I, and a huge thing is especially with the Veil Guardian, um, that ten minute timer, man, like that's that's tough. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah. whether whether we like it or not, that Zerka meta is still there, and you need the DPS to get to make that ten minute timer. Like I, like uh, from what I've seen, if you don't if you don't get past the first phase by the six minute mark, it's you're not gonna make it. So yeah. See, I, I personally don't have a don't problem know. with the Zerker meta. Yeah. I just think that um, the, the issue I had before was let's stack in this corner and everybody just go straight yeah. damage. Yeah, and exactly. And you can't do that old. now. Oh, no, no. Even... There's, there's too much uh, mechanic now. I mean, yeah. in the center, you're just you're dead. You don't even get on those green circles and you're dead. <laughs> there is nowhere to line a sight. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's more no variety in, in play, and that's what I'd like to see. Yeah. I mean, basically the main things that overall that that we can improve on just for ourselves that might be able to help some other people that are getting ready to raid or might be having some trouble as well is obviously get the DPS right. Second of all, um, try to make everyone synergize together. You know, try to build off each other. You know, take one for the team if you really want to play this new spec you just got, but like try to work together with it. Everything's basically viable, but really try to cooperate and synergize we and lastly high, uh, communication communication is big. probably one of the biggest things i mean with anything you do you know try to get everyone in team speak you know vent whatever you use i recommend team speak because it's the bomb but uh <laughs> i mean try to organize who's calling the shots and i mean don't like i don't know how to say this I, i'm against don't go crazy yeah, I'm against being an elitist, so don't like go too ham unless you're about that life. Yeah. So it's it's still I mean, gotta be fun. Yeah, enjoy it. Right. It's a very fun experience. It's so much fun. Pros don't take, pros. Take it seriously, but don't take it like it's like, real life. Yeah, like I think I think we went for about four hours last night and we didn't beat the first boss, but I still had an amazing time. That, that was the most fun I've had in PvE ever. In this, oh yeah, I had like, a blast. Agree. This game. Yeah, so Yeah. yeah. So what do you guys think about like raiding? I guess after that night, like, are you guys really looking forward to the next the next raid night? What yeah, I'm in there right now. Going to change? I'm <laughs> in there right now. No, I'm playing. <laughs> but uh, I'm super stoked to kill this first boss and get some other raid group set up in the guild. If anyone like yeah. to raid with us, hit us up. We'd be more than happy to have you running with us. Always looking for new people to play with. It'd be sweet. Yeah, especially if you guys have any tips and advice too. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, we need some people to carry us, so... <laughs> we suck. Just kidding, we're not that bad. No, we, yeah. did, we did good. We did good. We were figuring things out. And... We had two or three pugs. I mean... Yeah, you know... and we had some new players, and, you know, not everyone was in Ascended. So, yeah. I mean... We're getting the true raid experience. You know, we were all learning it together, and 
you know, right. wiping repeatedly and being like, oh, oh, this is what's going on here. All right, well, we got to fix it. And, you know, so-and-so do this and handle that. Like, it was a really pure raid experience. And oh, yeah. I'm really happy that that's in this game now. Oh, I yeah, think I believe. I think a main problem was that all of our DPS guys were wearing clerics gear. I thought it was kind of weird, but I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> That's weird? That's yeah. Really normal. <laughs> That's normal, man. That healing power. You're right, yeah. you're right, you're right. I thought that stacks with, like, your actual attack power. Dude, yeah, it melts, exactly. It melts break bars, duh. No, but real talk, yep. yesterday, Arena Nut, they gave us lemons, and we were making lemonade, baby. So we're, <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna perfect it. It'll get there. Watch there out for Hyper. Arena Watch gives you lemons, Hyper. make lemonade. Right. <laughs> or something like that. Lemon poultry soup. That's always good, right? I think that's a good nourishment. <laughs> right. <laughs> that sounds actually pretty gross. Yeah. To be honest. I think it gives you gains. I think it's <laughs> anabolic or something. Yeah, lemons help clean out the, uh, help draw toxins from the liver. Side note for all you guys that want to get healthy. Fun fact. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to wrap up today. Uh, like I said, you know, if you guys have any feedback, especially about rating, about the podcast in general, any questions for us at all, please, please, please send them to us. We can be reached uh, via Facebook, and we have uh, that's facebook.com slash the German Diary. Uh, our Twitter handle is at the German Diary. Our email is the German Diary at gmail.com, and our website is the German Diary.com. And if you're listening in, uh, I just want to make you aware there are other ways to listen in too. Um, so find what's best for you. And we have our podcast available through YouTube. Um, we're posting all of our videos on there. Um, sorry, our episodes as videos up on there. Uh, we have our podcast available on iTunes. So if you're an Apple user, uh, you can have the podcast pushed directly to your device of choice. Um, as of this week, we've made our podcast available on TuneIn. So if, if you use that app at all to get podcasts and other sort of broadcast shows, um, just type in the Derwin Diary. You'll find us right away. It's pretty simple. And then... As always, you can download our episodes for free uh, on SoundCloud to listen to them. You know, if you want to throw them on an MP3 player or if, if you are going to have offline access, uh, that's definitely the way to do it. And finally, just a couple shout outs. Uh, firstly, our music is by Corvus, and you can find him at youtube.com slash user slash Corvus plays. Icon is by my good friend Fuzzy Lombax 416. And check him out at instagram.com slash Fuzzy Lombax 416. Uh, as always, our friend Ty for the production work. Um, we wouldn't be doing this right now if it wasn't for him. So huge thanks to him. And I think that's going to wrap it up. So Fair we'll enough. see you guys on the next page of the Derman Diary. Peace out, fam. Peace. Thank you, guys. <laughs>